0: Hello, Candy Shop Talk podcast listeners. The 2019 Talent Board Candidate Experience Benchmark Research Program is open in North America, EMEA, APAC, and now Latin America, and we hope you participate this year. This is the only confidential and anonymous candidate experience feedback program that gives you benchmark data, comparing you to companies big and small across industries and helps you improve your recruiting processes. Learn more at thetalentboard.org. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. And
1: then the idea of customer-centric experiences comes along and then every leading organization starts redeveloping that into an asset and you start seeing companies like Zendesk, etc. become you know, the core fundamental systems of record and processes for a new age support function that actually generates customer delight and customer
0: value. You're listening to the Candy Shop Talk podcast, brought to you by Talent Board and the Candidate Experience Awards Benchmark Research and hosted by Kevin W. Grossman. Talent Board is the first nonprofit research organization focused on elevating and promoting a quality candidate experience. The Candy Shop Talk podcast welcomes Abakar Sadov, CEO of Beamery, a recruitment CRM and marketing automation platform to source, attract and engage passive candidates and a proud Candidate Experience Award sponsor. Listen in on how improving candidate experience impacts recruiting in the business bottom line. Abakar, thank you so much for joining me on the Candy Shop Talk podcast. Before we dive into the rest of the show, why don't you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do today. Hi
1: Kevin, thank you for having me. Uh, so my name is Abakar Seidoff. Uh I'm the uh, CEO and co-founder of Beamery. Beamery is a talent acquisition software pro- platform. Uh, we're about 150 people uh, worldwide and we have headquarters in, in London and offices in, in Austin and San Francisco. That's
0: awesome. What challenges are you helping talent acquisition and recruiting teams today face with the Beamery solution?
1: So when when we started the company, we we really tried to I uh, think very very high level around uh, where does where is the industry going and how can we help it get there? And one of the things that we kept coming up against, and this is five, six years ago when we were first starting this was the modern talent acquisition organization uh, has been evolving a lot around various axioms. So the first is, there's a concept around how do you get the right talent to come to you? So the talent attraction piece. And a lot of organizations, whether with inbound or with outbound activities, have been really trying to go after talent that isn't coming to them. And we thought, okay, so that's that's one core pillar is how do we help organization attract the right talent in the operative word being on, on the right? Then... Once you do that, there's not all of those people are ready to apply for jobs straight away. And so we thought, how do you create something that is an experience that allows you to have better engagement? And so it's when someone comes to you, when you go to them and there is a specific job and a specific kind of transaction you want to form, how can you create something that is an incredible experience that is very engaging and uh, that builds a relationship over time? And so the second piece is there's attraction, there's engagement, and then ultimately you're trying to hire for the long term. And so your entire process from start to finish uh, should be geared around hiring for retention. And so that means how do you create an engaging experience? How do you make sure that people are seeing value? But also not everyone will come work for you straight away, but they can also become alumni. They can become referrers. They can see internal opportunities uh, with mobility. And so for us, uh, retention is the kind of final piece of that puzzle. And so the way we describe ourselves uh, is we are helping the world's leading companies attract, engage, and, and retain the best talent.
0: Hitting on the last note, because from my vantage point and the work that I've We've been doing at Talent Board for many years now on the candidate experience survey research. You're constantly having to re-recruit to retain, right? So Mm -hmm. it's key. Then you work. Then you kind of play it backwards and understand that we see in our data and our research every year that the more communication and engagement that's going on, even pre-application and leading them up to the path, if they end up being somebody that you do screen and interview and make an offer to and hire, that that helps to solidify the relationship even more from onboarding on. And that's, again, we see that all the time when they're, if you're just doing kind of distributing jobs and serial distribution all the time, you're not really engaging the candidates. I mean, maybe they're going to be interested in, obviously, in your brand and the job that they find at some point. Again, it, it kind of goes in with like a low level of engagement and it can bite at the end of the day. So, and there's a lot of talk about this too, right? There is a lot, this is really important today, especially the pre-application and post-application work and candidate experience. How do you differentiate from others that are doing similar things in our space? That's
1: a great question. And I think the, the underlying crux of it is around what kind of information uh, you're able to collect and what you're able to do with that data. Because as you said, there's, there's lots of talk with candidate experience. And I think uh, uh, the first point is people often confuse candidate experience, which is the entire journey, with an apply experience and i think for from our perspective in order to measure the entire journey, you need to be able to actually collect that data and and manage it effectively. So for example, you need to be sitting on the frontal touch points of when someone comes to you and they interact with your brand, how can you collect that information, not only from what they're doing on your website, but also from, say, what they're able to do with interactions with your employees, interactions with your recruiters or your sources, and collate all of that into something that is a unified object that is able to then be constantly up-to-date real-time. And so for us, the data warehousing capability is so critical to be able to actually actually do something effective with it. You know, For example, if you think about how the world's best e-commerce brands operate, everything is about user data. Everything is about how do you learn insights and then create workflows that optimize for this. I think the first differential point for us is we do a lot of uh, data enrichment and data management and the background, which is why one of our, our core products is a, is a CRM tool. And then we use that to then drive workflows and automation that serve specific uh, outcomes and experiences and, and show you where those bottlenecks are. Because it's not about just having specific... Point solutions to say, I want to measure X, it's about having the holistic
0: experience. One of the things that we know as well, and you and I both know more than than a lot of folks, is that there's every single interaction that you have with a potential candidate, both external as well as those currently working for you. Because again, those are internal candidates and that are constantly reviewing whether or not, you know, is this where I want to be? And do I enjoy my work and the folks that I work with? But every interaction informs that candidate experience and that level of perceived fairness and -hmm. and the process, whether being hired or again, maybe internal mobility opportunities as well how then because and but from a candidate's perspective as well they don't really care what the technology stack looks like right unless we're unless they're in the space and they're applying to work work at bmarie or another organization another solution provider we just care about what is that that experience like what is that interaction like so can you give us a specific example of how bmarie is helping to improve the candidate experience maybe like an example like what am i going to experience not even knowing what bmarie is right? Sure, sure. Of course.
1: And I'll I'll start with an anti-example of what we're trying to solve. And then I'll get to the kind of what good looks like. So for example, when you go online, and let's say you're on an e-commerce website, and you buy a book or something online, and then imagine like an hour later, you get a marketing email saying, Hey, would you like to buy this exact same thing you've just purchased? You're going to think, Oh, it's just another email. You delete it. Whereas if you go on that company's website... You apply for a job or you speak to a recruiter and then unbeknownst to that, a totally different person reaches out to you about a totally different job without any knowledge of what you're doing. Or you've applied for seven different jobs and you never hear back or two different people call you about not knowing anything that you've done before. And so there's a a poor experience in recruiting is far more damaging to an organization because the bar is much higher. Uh, when you're buying and shopping online, companies focus so much on creating an incredible experience for you, but the cost of doing uh, say a transactional product, uh, creating a, something that is a little bit incohesive, is not massively damaging, re- recruiting it is. And so given that bar, if you think about a large enterprise where there's hundreds of recruiters or a, a, a hiring managers, etc., and many of them are not interacting uh, with each other as cohesively as you'd imagine. Whereas candidates who are not in the industry will anticipate that all the data talks to everything and everyone knows everything perfectly. And so if you flip that and you're like, well, what's what is it what does great look like? It's, for example, if you're able to interact with a business and say, hey, I think your brand is cool and interesting, but I don't have I'm not looking for a job today, or I don't see the jobs are like, how can I interact with you that is much more relationship-centric? For example, a lot of the time today you can go on e-commerce websites and chat to someone. Like, for example, when was the last time, Kevin, that when you had a support issue with I don't know your Hoover or something else, and you had the option to chat or the option to email. You chose the option to email or sit on the phone for like three hours.
0: Nobody does that anymore. No, no <laughs> nobody does that. Absolutely not. I mean, I don't. I, if somebody, if some people do, then they're just they need to start being on social media. Maybe they're not they're not familiar with that or using the the chat function. But I w- yeah, you nobody does that anymore.
1: Exactly. And so, for example, in our industry, uh, the idea of chats has gone down this kind of rabbit hole of chat bots, whereas I actually think chat is just a communication medium. You want to talk to a real human. And you want to be able to do so instinctively and quickly. You want to be able to text, you want to be able to tweet. And that actually is so new and novel in town acquisition. It's remarkable, right? And so for us, a good candidate experience starts with feeling like you're being treated as a human being and you're not being sold this like transactional job. You're actually building a relationship with the company.
0: Yeah, could not agree more with that. Absolutely. Now, the other side of that is we have a lot of, I have a lot of conversations with the organizations that participate in our research every year. And there are those who are the on the more progressive end? Who understand the investment in communication, feedback, engagement early on in the process as well? Which that's actually where we see some of the biggest differentiators too. But there's also there's a there's another side of this where there are organizations that are feeling inundated. Their recruiters are carrying a lot of racks. There, there's the applicant volume because we're making it easier to apply. There is a greater volume of applicants, and there's still going to be that. That level of applicant who just was never going to qualify for the job that they're applying for, right? So there's there's all of this, and then you're asking me the diff to to look at the difference between something that an administrative task versus, sorry, sorry, a, a strategic task versus an administrative burden. That's where I was going. Uh-huh. And then looking at these things as strategic tasks instead of the latter can make mm-hmm. a big difference, right? So do you think then recruiting teams, that was a big segue, Abacar, I do this all mm-hmm. the time, but do you think recruiting teams need a new operating model to deal with these challenges that I was just referring to today?
1: That's a great question. And so, I mean, the short answer is absolutely. And I think the long answer is we're seeing in the market today that sound acquisition is actually following a, a similar evolution as to what's happened on the commercial-facing side of the business. So, for example, uh, you remember the days when every company used to outsource support to you know, offshore centers in places like India or the Philippines where support was seen as a back office function that you kind of had to provide, but it didn't actually matter that much and you try to do it as, as cheaply as possible. And then the idea of customer-centric experiences comes along and then every leading organization starts redeveloping that into an asset. And you start seeing companies like Zendesk, etc. become you know the core fundamental systems of record and processes for a new age support function that actually generates customer delight and customer value. And so what we've been seeing is there's a new operating model, as, you, as you're saying, coming into town acquisition where it's no longer buried within the HR function where there is Recruiting is just some cost center that's becoming a core asset as to how a company wins, essentially. And so we're seeing that evolve into sourcing, employer branding, candidate experience, recruitment operations, uh, campus and events management, and executive search, and internal mobility and referrals. All of these pieces are now starting to fit together into... They're not resume processing. They're not onboarding or HR processes. These are things that actually allow your business to succeed.
0: Absolutely. We know now, after doing the talent board research for the past nine years, that... There's a definitive impact on your business and your brand based again on that level of perceived fairness that candidates feel throughout the experience. So that And that will impact whether or not they apply again, whether or not they refer others, as you mentioned, and whether or not they buy stuff from your organization. Obviously, if you're a consumer-based business and then they can influence those purchases too. So how then are your customers. Let's kind of get into the weeds a little bit with your platform then. How are you helping them measure and report the, the, the progress of using or using the platform, the solution that's helping to really impact their recruiting, the business of recruiting, as well as the candidate experience? What do they see on the reporting analytics side that's mm-hmm. going to help them continually to make that business case too, right? Of course.
1: And to be able to answer that
0: question, you need to first
1: start with what is the biggest challenge your business is trying to solve for and and why is talent helping solve that? So for example, if you take a, let's say, a a sleepy English public company that's, you know, may have had a really good brand 30, 40 years ago, but is finding itself, you know, has tens of thousands of employees, but aren't just, you know, quote unquote, cool anymore. And so you ask yourself a question. So what's the the underlying problem? Is it that you don't have great jobs to offer people? People? Not necessarily, but why? What does cool mean? And why is there a perceived challenge with attracting people to your organization? And what that happened? What really, what really they are saying is the type of employee you're trying to attract this does not align with what they want to do with your current image of your brand, and so. Success with that organization says, we need the following, say, skill sets of the coming 5 to 10 years. Those skill sets need to be entering the business today. And we need to start seeing uptick in the type of candidate that we're able to attract and engage. And so the success of that organization is a different profile of candidates. On the flip side, uh, for example, when you're looking at very, very competitive industries, for example, let's say large cap technology. So we have a number of clients who are some of the biggest technology companies in the world. For them, they have great brands. But the uh, in a candidate that is, let's say, a software engineer where uh, the amount of demand outstrips the amount of supply of people, you will actually judge the company on how they treat you. So it is, did I have to wait a week or two to even have an interview? Or did someone reach out to me with something that's super personalized, that's that made me actually feel like they know who I am? For example, we have a lot of uh, recruiters now texting or happening candidates daily uh, to give them updates on progress. And suddenly you feel valued. And so all else being equal, because otherwise it's a race to the bottom with competing on salaries and benefits and you know granola bars. Actually, people really care about whether they get to know their team, whether the company is something that they identify with a vision of, and the, the experience that they have in that process. And so we're finding actually with some of the most competitive places, it's not about salaries and it's not about perks. It's actually about that experience.
0: Every year that's trended this way, we see that the, the number one negative reason why candidates tell us through the research why they withdraw themselves out of the recruiting process is because their time was disrespected during interviews and appointments. Mm-hmm. That's the number one reason. There are a lot of other reasons too. Time is always a factor, communication, even salary and benefits, which is interesting. In North America, it falls lower on the list, but that's actually one of the top ones in an e and APAC. But that's beside the point. In North America in particular, and even globally, time being disrespected and for sought after positions, it's even higher because of that, right? Because of these individuals, time is the huge factor as well as if you're going to schedule time with me and I'm going to go in for an interview and then you keep rescheduling or you make me wait in the lobby or you're, you're on your, your device while, you're, while the hiring manager is interviewing me on his device or her device, all those things, right? Make a big difference. Mm -hmm. I completely hear you. It is much even more so about that experience, particularly for those that you're having to to really source and find and convince to come to your organizations today. So tell us, Abakar, what, this is just me and you, nobody else is going to hear, I want something top secret, (laughs) something top secret that's coming on the roadmap all seriousness. what What is what is coming? What can you tell us that's coming on the roadmap for Beamery? That's, uh, that's a great question. Well, the way we look at uh, developing our product is
1: we get really excited about enabling people to do new things that they couldn't do before. So for example, uh, we get a lot of requests for various features that might exist in other products or, or similar tools. And from my side, it's what really moves the industry forward into something that, for example, hasn't really been done or hasn't been done successfully. And so for example, right now, one of the things that we're super excited about is around those retention pieces that you mentioned. So, for example, we spent a lot of time looking at things like internal mobility and referrals and thinking, why have those... Two programs which have the ability to be so successful, especially something like internal mobility, have limited usage and limited success. And uh, in a lot of our research, what we found was that um, it's because organizations are starting to invest, say, for a lot more time and effort in external recruiting. And internal recruiting is this like this kind of unwanted child. And so we thought, what, why does that break? and one of the reasons that we've discovered is it breaks because essentially the even the best internal mobility divisions essentially have an internal job board and kind of hope that people apply and so we thought what if you could reimagine this what if you could have that being treated in the same kind of skill-based way that you are trying to treat the best talent acquisition externally if you could stick up your hand and say this is what I'm interested in, recruit me. And so some of the things that we've got coming out is new ways of doing uh, internal mobility, new ways of doing referrals. We've also been investing a lot in our CMS and event management product. And so really what we're doing is, uh, you know, we're known in the market for having a really strong data-driven CRM, data-driven marketing products uh, that are really industry leading. We're now really expanding that offering to be best retention products and best attraction products in
0: the market. That's huge. I'm really glad to hear that and definitely have to do a follow-up later in the year um, to, to, discuss that further. It is more top of mind, at least in a lot of other organizations that participate in our research and whether they actually want a a candy award from us or not, they're looking at that. How do we differentiate internal mobility? that experience with internal candidates? You know, we're still keeping a level of fairness through both camps for that matter, but also, but you know, these are the folks you want to keep too, and Mm. you want to keep your organization. So I think That's exciting that you're doing that, too. Uh, Beamery is a big supporter and a sponsor of, of Talent Board. We really appreciate your guys' support. Why do you think an organization, particularly, I mean, this is kind of a softball question, but, you know, why should they participate in our Talent Board benchmark research program? But why should they be measuring candidate experience, period? What would you say to that? Uh, how much time do we have, Kevin? I know, right? Exactly. exactly. <laughs>
1: well, I think the, the really short answer is right. if you're not measuring candidate experience, then it's essentially like you know having a shopping basket on your website and hoping that people buy something and when they don't, you don't know why. The way that someone interacts with your business, talent interacts with your business starts long before someone becomes an employee and ends long after they, they finish being an employee. And so it's probably one of the most important things to measure that has an impact because it's um, the experience someone has of your organization and I think what you guys do at Talent board is creating the data sets and the benchmarking uh, of how companies should be measuring that so I'm I, that's why I've always been a big
0: fan well thank you so much Avocar for, for your support I forward to, to continue to, to um, do things with you throughout the, <laughs> the rest of this year the last thing I like to ask all my guests is besides everything work related because we work a lot we work enough right we're constantly doing what we do but there's when I mean, we do other things too too. And so part of the tongue-in-cheek, you know, what we're known for is the Candy Awards, right? So when you think literally <laughs> about candy, you make that segue of, you know, what else is abacar? <laughs> I know I have to kind of build that up. Sometimes when there, there are folks, you know, in, in different parts of the world that don't really get the candy reference, but there you go. Mm-hmm. What else do you have a sweet tooth for? What else do you do besides work, abacar? What uh, What's up with that?
1: There are a couple of things. I really like surfing and certain kinds of extreme sports. So I always like finding new ways of challenging myself and picking up new things. I spent a a lot of time doing uh, road biking and uh, bike racing. I think right now I'm actually into uh, collecting vinyl, so I've been uh, picking up new records and and getting into analog music, and that's been keeping me busy.
0: Oh, fantastic. You know, I'm a big huge music fan, but I'm not I, a purist anymore. I, I, I'm all digital now. And sometimes I get a little nostalgic. Like I wish I would have kept the, the records, the 45s, even the eight track tapes, cassettes. Nah, nobody cares about that. Right. But, <laughs> but, um but I, but so everything for me is digital now, but that's awesome though. That's a, that's a great collection to have and surfing. So you definitely got to come, I don't know if you probably already have surfed in Santa Cruz, right? So. No,
1: I haven't no. actually. And okay. uh, my, my my biggest um, regret is uh, I was in Hawaii this year and I didn't get a chance to go surfing in Hawaii, which is like the dream.
0: And so it gives me an excuse to go back. I'm there you just... go. Right on. All right. Well, safe surfing to you. And thanks again, Abacar, for being on the Candy Shop Talk podcast. And I look forward to meeting you in person soon. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Candy Shop Talk podcast. For more information about Talent Board and the Candidate Experience Awards and Benchmark Research, visit www.thetalentboard.org.